So we're in a, a series that we're calling the One Another's, and if you're new to church or that kind of sounds like bad English, it's not really that great of English, uh, but it's um, all through the New Testament are these things about these One Another's or each other's, or uh, so it's like pray for one another. Um, uh, uh, encourage each other, which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Last week was a real hard one. We talked about confess your sins to one another, which is uh, very difficult to do, right? And so, but we saw a ton of great stuff happen last week as God kind of stirred on people's hearts to confess their sins to each other and nobody got super freaked out and nobody left the church. So uh, you can feel comfortable uh, in the body of Christ being able to share, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And that's what this series is all about, the, the idea that we need each other. There's a lot of stuff in Scripture that we cannot uh, do if we're not around each other. And whatever church background you come from, that might be a house church of five people, or it might be a church of 20,000. We need each other as followers of Jesus, and that's what we've been talking about. Before I get uh, too much into the sermon, I wanted to just, for those of you who are members here, uh, at this church, uh, m- membership is no, there's no secret handshake. You don't get my cell phone number. Um, it, it, it's, it's not like that. When you become a member, basically what you're saying is, I know churches go through ups and downs and sideways and backways. I'm going to stick with you through all those because we know they come, right? And so when you become a member, you say, look, I'm, I'm investing into this particular ministry at this particular place. So th- that's, that's all it means to become a member. But... Um, members can be on our board. Uh, our church has an official board. We call it the board. And, um, and so if you, in next week, uh, if you're a member, you're going to have a little sheet that you can fill out to nominate yourself or another board member to be uh, on the board. So we, we, we vote as a membership. Altogether, we vote for this new board. And so um, if you feel God tugging on your heart to be on the board, or if you know someone who you think would be a good addition, you'll write that in and you'll put it in the box in the back. And then in the next uh, six weeks, we'll, we'll have a voting thing that we do. And, um, and then in January, we'll have our annual meeting, w- which everyone's invited to because we will have already voted. And you can kind of see what the direction of the church is. Um, and one of the things that you can be praying for, I can't say yet, okay? Because we're still in the process of trying to get it together. And right now, I'm not even going to look at different board members because they're like, you're crazy. Why are you even mentioning this? Because I have a microphone and I'm on the stage. Um, God is doing some really awesome stuff here, uh, especially in the last few months. And so we have an opportunity um, for, to be able to make some really great changes here on campus. And so we're just praying that that goes through right now. And so you can be praying for that. I'm sorry I can't give you any more details, um, but it'll split the church and it'll be awesome. No, I'm kidding. It won't. It's, it's going to be really great. But just be praying for the leadership of the church that we can kind of... Um, just pray yes. That's what you're praying, okay? That's what we're praying for. Um, so uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so we're in this series called The One and Others. I didn't want to forget that. Um, and this service is going to be different from uh, any service that I've ever done here at Living Spring. Uh, and so if you're new, this isn't our typical service. But I, what we're talking about this morning is praying for one another. 
And uh, I've been a Christian for a long time, uh, about 30 years or so. And uh, I've been in every possible church you can imagine, very charismatic, super charismatic, super conservative, like they doubt the Holy Spirit even exists. I mean, I've been like in all these different churches. And one thing I've found is that in every church, the argument becomes, which kind of box have we placed God in? <laughs> like, like, like my, the box I place God in is way bigger than the box you place God in, right? And, and so, you know, mine's, you know, made of uh, tin foil and, you know, this, and yours is only made of cardboard. And, and it's like, it's like, it's, it's all these ways of churches trying to come to grips with the fact that we worship an almighty God that spoke creation into existence. And, and then as we read the New Testament, we see all sorts of freaky stuff happening. It's like, it's like God, it's like we want to just control what's happening. And if you know me, and if you've known me for very long, I love controlling what God's going to do. It's like, it's my spiritual gift. Like, I want him, like, like okay, uh, here's the calendar. And I'm telling you, I do this. Here's the calendar. In February, you can do this. In March, you know, we got a little, we got an opening for you. And, um, the Lord, as we've been looking at this, praying for one another, as I've been looking at over the weekend, I've been praying over the last few weeks, God has asked me to maybe, maybe get rid of the box a little bit. And um, so I'm going to share a story in the Bible, and then we're going to have an extended time um, to come up and pray for healing, uh, physical healing, emotional healing, um, uh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. What happened first service was incredible i mean god's spirit just uh, just just i just just want to give him room you know what i mean so that's what we're going to do uh but i, I want to read this verse in james james five thirteen. this one isn't behind us but for, verse 14 is if is anyone among you suffering then he must pray is anyone cheerful he's to sing praises now listen to this is anyone among you sick then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And let me just give you, a, a, we call, you know, depending on which denominational kind of way you got here, elders means different things to different people, right? But there's, 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 a, there's a, um, a criteria for elders. So, so in other words, we have more elders here than are on our board Right? It's not like we elected seven elders and then, you know, oh, sorry, gates closed. You know, yeah, but I've been a believer for 30 years and I have all these spiritual gifts. It's like, nope, you can't. You're not on the board. Now, the board's allowed to speak into different areas of, of ministry that not everyone's able to speak into. But when it, listen to me, when it comes to ministry, ministry, hands-on ministry, it's not the board. It's not the pastor. It's each other, Okay. And so we have this idea that when we must call the elders of the church, the strong believers, those who can pray in faith, they pray over him, anointing him with oil uh, in the name of the Lord. I, I want to stop right there and I want to go to a story uh, very quickly about a woman who took uh, God and removed the box, uh, removed everything and did something crazy and was blessed for it. And, and, and Dr. Belowian, I don't know if you remember when he was here uh, in August, he talked about this particular story. And 
Uh, he went into great detail on that. I'm not going to this morning, but I just want to kind of stir us up as a way of a reminder to sometimes how Jesus w- w- works and doesn't work. And how sometimes how crazy it is to think that, listen, that the Jesus of the New Testament, that Jesus still works today. And he still freaks us out a little bit. You know, we think when we read the Old New Testament, we look at it and we, and we come from this, this idea of superiority because we've had the Bible for a few thousand years. We got it all figured out and we got books on tape and we got everything we need. But the Holy Spirit is not, does not operate inside a box. So, so here's what happened. When Jesus returned, this is part of another story. This is in Luke chapter 8. A crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Right? They're all waiting. Jesus is going to show up. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. I just want to paint a picture of what's going on. If you were going to start a ministry back in uh, Palestine, in antiquity, where Jesus is right now, this is a golden opportunity to solidify your ministry. A ruler of the synagogue is coming forward and you can heal his daughter. I mean, this is the best publicity campaign you could possibly do. This guy's coming. It would be like the mayor, if we were just like, look, we want to, we just want to change Garden Grove and the surrounding cities for Jesus. And like the mayor of Anaheim and Garden Grove came up and knelt at my, well, that would be creepy. But I mean, knelt here was just like, hey, you know, we, and we'd like, wow, we could do something to help that. And that would be great. And the kingdom of God would expand. So this is what's going on. They, everybody knows this guy. But there's another woman who decides to just risk it all, to take a risk and to think that maybe Jesus might touch her in a way that he's never done before. What is about to happen has never been done before. Jesus didn't have a campaign where he sends you an anointed towel and when you wipe your head, you're healed. This has not happened. Watch this. Uh, a girl about 12 was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. I mean, there's just people are going crazy over Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subjected to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. If you look at the other gospels, she's gone to physician after physician after physician. No one could help her. And she spent all her money. It's not unlike today. I mean, how many of us have heard stories, know people who've spent it all trying to get to the root of that cancer, to try to get to uh, uh, whatever that ailment is, or losing their job, on disability, all these things. It's no different. It's the same Jesus. And so this woman has been going through this bleeding thing for 12 years. I just, let me just tell you real quick. If you were a woman, and you, if, if you were bleeding at all, you were unclean. And here's this woman taking this huge risk. First of all, they're on their way to the synagogue ruler's house. And she all of a sudden decides, and this is what comes in her mind. You see from these other, these other uh, things. If I could just touch his, ro- if I could just get in, sneak in and just get in and just touch his robe, I'd be healed. Do you know where she gets that theology from? Psycholand. There's nothing in the scripture that talks about touching anybody's robe and getting healed. Now, there are different things in the Bible, but this didn't, she didn't just, 
this isn't a doctrine. She had to get God, she had to just say, God, I don't know how you're going to move, but I know you can. And so she comes up with her own doctrine, her own way of getting to God. And she just in faith, just says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Hey, I, most of you know, but for some who are new and we have a, a people who are relatively new here. My son has epilepsy and we pray all the time, constantly, constantly, constantly for God to heal him of epilepsy. And God hasn't done that. And we've tried, I mean, we've gone to healing rooms. We've gone to this. We've gone to the elders. We've gone all over the place. And God has not chosen to heal our son. But we believe with all our hearts that someday he's going to be healed. And, and, so, and so I've prayed that prayer over him during a seizure. Lord, just, just, if I could just touch the hem of your garment, if we could just, just some type of thing, we don't care however you want to do it. I'll stand on my head, I'll do whatever. But God, this is the same Jesus. Now watch what happens. She touches his garment. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. All right? immediately her bleeding stopped. There was something about this time. There was something about the way she just, maybe it was her childlike faith. Maybe it was that she took a risk. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. See, this is the thing. We want to, don't we want to package it up? Don't you want to go, okay, uh, you know, you've got to have something for 12 years. Then you can make a statement. Then you can do this. Then you can do that. Then. We can't package it up. We just have to allow the God of the universe who spoke the world into existence. That God is the same God who can heal today and who does heal today. Not in a box, not in a certain way, not by yelling, not by shouting, not by whispering. He moves. Sometimes it's by unbelievable acts of faith. Other times it's just to bring him glory. We've seen it here in this church. So he says, you know, immediately her bleeding stopped. And then Jesus says this. I love this. He says, who touched me? Now, I don't know, for those of you who have kids, have you ever asked a question and the kids don't know why you're asking the question yet so they don't want to answer it until they know why? Like, hey, who was last in the garage? Right? And it's just silent. Uh, I, I don't know. Thanks for putting the broom away. Oh, yeah, that was me. That was me, right? You know, you ever do that? Like, who? You know, and so here, here's, here's the thing. Here's Jesus. I mean, just obviously there's something special about Jesus. All the crowds were waiting for him. And he goes, who touched me? And he was being touched by everybody. And you, you just see people, what? I don't know. I was just here. I don't know. What's, who's, what, who is, I, what, did you touch him? Because they're all touching him. And until they know what, what's going on, they're not going to be, you know. So watch, it says they all, when they all denied it, which is a lie, right? Somebody had, I mean, somebody should have said, oh, that was me. Sorry, my, that guy pushed me in my elbow or what, whatever. But they all deny it. Like, you, nobody touched you. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Jesus crazy. I don't know. It was right here, right? They all deny it. And then Peter says, give them a break. Master, the people are crowding and pressing around you. And listen to what Jesus says. This is unbelievable. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Man, I mean, what kind of doctrine is that? You've got God Almighty in, wrapped in human flesh. 
I mean, you've got really, you've got the Trinity right there, right? You've got, you've got, you've got God Almighty in the flesh, and there's this act, this movement of the Spirit of God, this power that's, that's, that's come out from him, okay? And the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she's busted, right? She came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. I love the message version of this. He, it says that she came and told him the whole story. In other words, she just came and just said, look, yeah, I'm sorry. I've had this thing for 12 years. I'm, you know, I, I don't have any money. I don't, whatever. And Jesus, the way Jesus is, he looks at her and he said, daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace. That's the kind of room we want to leave for the Holy Spirit. We want to allow God to do what he's going to do so that we can go in peace, so that we can be in some times miraculously healed, delivered just like that. I know story after story after story. In some ways, God wants us to go in peace in the midst of our affliction and just kind of struggle with it and deal with it because he's going to be there. And, and here's how he speaks to us. Son, daughter, I gotcha. I got it. And, 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 and we, we talk about his healing for today. And it, how, what does it look like? And is this manifestation right? Is this manifestation right? And I have no clue. I have no idea. I've seen it all. I've seen everything you can imagine. And my box just keeps getting bigger, and I, it's still a box, no matter what. So this guy, Jairus, whose daughter's dying, is still there, probably looking at his watch, going, Are, we've only, we don't have this much time. And she's telling him the whole story. While Jesus was speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. I just, I know you guys and you know me and we've experienced that even in this, in our own community. All of a sudden, somebody dies. And just that, man, I thought, I was really hoping for, right? And then hearing this, Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe she'll be healed. What? Like how? how? How do we, how do I, give me the secret. Tell me how I can like start raising people from the dead. We'll do it here. We'll try whatever thing. But here's the thing. Jesus is not going to be put, the Holy Spirit is not going to be put in a box. It's just not going to happen. All we can do is leave room for him to move the way he's going to move. And it may look weird. It may look different. It may, we may have all these questions or whatever. I mean, what we're going to do is this. Uh, for the next half hour, um, it's just an open time. We're going to try and get through this idea of praying for one another. And I'm going to be up here, and there'll be some other people that I uh, would call elders uh, that I've asked to come up uh, uh, and pray as, as we get. If, if a lot of people come forward, there'll be more people coming up to pray. Um, here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to anoint you with oil. Now, let me explain this real quick because um, th- 
there is nothing special about this oil. Vaughn's aisle five, extra virgin, okay? <laughs> Bertoli or whatever the, whatever the thing is. There's nothing special about this oil. I put it in the cheapest plastic cup we could find because there's nothing special about the cup. Hear me. The Holy Spirit moving, that's very special. The reason we anoint people with oil when we pray for healing is first of all, we just read in James that it says to do so. It's just a representation of God's anointing upon your life. And so if someone comes for healing, I just, I just put my finger in this oil and I just say, hey, I'm just anointing, with you, anointing you with oil as a representation of God's spirit upon your life. And then we pray for healing. There's no special way to pray. There's nothing, there's nothing we can do. As a matter of fact, I want to read one of the most encouraging sections of Scripture you'll ever read. Because, I, I, you know, you could, you could Google, start Google healing, and you'll get the wackiest, you'll get people's blogs, and they know everything. And um, Good night. Um, listen, to, listen to what Romans chapter 8 says this. this in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know, Jack, how to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Okay, God is interceding on your behalf as you pray to God. I mean, we, we go and we just go, God, I don't know. I, I, I want this person so desperately to be healed. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to. He says, I got you, son, daughter. I've got you covered. I've already decided how I'm going to move in this situation. And then it goes on, it says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. 